Hello, and this is Pondering Bhutan with Ajishi Otaro and Hachimitsuboy. I'm Connor, and I'm here with my co-host Neve. Hi, I'm Neve. I, I uh, knew that you were going to talk and say me, and I took a sip of water at that exact moment. So. Yep. Um, Happens to the best of us. Yeah. Me. That was, right. Yeah. You're the you're the best of us between the two yeah. two of us. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, if there were, if there will be no further interruptions, uh, this is a manga podcast <laughs> that's dedicated to Eiji Nonaka's manga series Cromartie High School. Uh, and today we are continuing our read through of volume two with chapter 33, Sky High. Yeah. And uh, before we discuss the chapter, uh, I have something that. So I, I will say outright, um, it's not related at all to the chapter. Uh, so we always the, keep things so on topic here. Right. Well, I, just in case, I'm trying to manage expectations here. So just in yeah. case listeners may be like, oh, this is a tangent that's going to be like, uh, you know, comically, indirectly referencing the chapter in some way. Yeah. Uh, it, it is not. Uh, so recently, last Saturday, we recorded an episode of Ghost Divers. Um, which yeah. is our, our other podcast. And we've, we've got another one this Saturday. Yeah. It's a fast turnaround. Yeah. Or a fast, like, not turnaround. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> how, would you, how would you describe it's, it? Because I always, it's a fast I always say, blank. <laughs> I always say turnaround for like between when we record and when we release. That's yeah. the turnaround. That's, that's how I think of it too. That's the yeah. word that I use. When I'm thinking about it, um, internally, uh, but yeah, we recorded our, uh, an episode of our podcast. Well, maybe not a podcast, um, but it's ghost. Divers. Wait, is it not a podcast? I don't know. What's the, <laughs> what would you call it? Um, I think I would call it a podcast. Okay. Is that what you like when you're thinking about it? Is that the the word that you yeah. use? Yeah. It, okay. it like goes it like people will ha- have a podcast app to listen to it. Mm-hmm. I call- I like upload it to Pinecast, which is a uh, podcast hosting service. Okay. Well, I guess it is. I guess it is a podcast then. Uh, but that's all beside the point. Um, so we recorded an episode, and uh. We both said during the episode we were we were very tired because we were, um, and it was late. It was like kind of a typical ghost divers yeah. length, but so we, we ended late. We start at like uh, eight thirty if we're lucky. Eight thirty Central Time, uh-huh. which is nine thirty for me. Nine thirty your time, yeah. Um, PM and, for for people, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. Twenty thirty, twenty one thirty. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The military yeah. time. Um, yeah, it, it's not. There are lots of countries that do it for non-military reasons. It's just a twenty-four hour clock. Right. But they're all. It, it was <laughs> the the innovation is is due to the U.S. military. 
Right. So, um, <laughs> uh, anyway, um, I was, I was, uh, I was getting to the, the meat of this story. Um, so we started at 2130 military time and we went pretty long three hours. Uh, and so then we wrapped up and whenever we end the, um, podcast recording, I, I think you have the same process. Maybe everyone does, but I always save the project first. So I go to project, yeah. save as name it. Um, so I save the audacity project. And then I export the the audio into like Flack, um, and then we upload it. I upload it to Google Drive for you to um, edit it. And yeah. I did all of those things exactly like I we always do. Um, but later that night, uh, so then I, I slept later that night, and I <laughs> I had a dream that. So as I was experiencing the dream. I, I dreamed the same like experience. So I dreamed that we were finishing the podcast. Uh, and it was like all exactly the same as had, as it had transpired. Uh, except in my dream for whatever reason. Uh, so the first time I like dreamed it, I closed audacity without saving like the project without, um, <laughs> exporting the audio, uh, Talking about this is is just like making my um my stomach tense up because just the thought of doing this is like it stresses me out. Um this is why the dream was a nightmare. Uh but so I closed Audacity without saving the project. Yeah. And then I, I realized I had done it and I was like, oh my god, and I started scrambling. Um and then so I'm like going through my um window like my files. <laughs> And, uh, I guess like I, at that point in the dream, I, I had in fact, like save the project, uh, cause there was a file in there. Um, is this making sense so far? K- kind of initially in the dream, I yeah. closed audacity without saving the project. I was very certain yeah. that I had done that. And then later, like, as soon as I realized I had closed it without saving it, I started looking in the files and then in the files I found the project like had been saved uh, somehow. Uh, but it was saved as a docx file. And uh, so I'm like, <laughs> so I start like frantically, um, you know, obviously that makes no sense at all. It could never happen. Uh, but I started like, frantically googling um to find out like what the audacity file extension was because i was like oh like i I might be able to save it like if i just manually change the file extension from doc from a docx to like whatever i think it's aup um but in the dream i didn't know that and then i started googling and google was just like um when when i went into google the like the entire interface of Google had just been like uh turned like counterclockwise uh like twisted in this like unnatural way uh and then also like it, there was no it wasn't English it was just like a bunch of gibberish symbols uh and then I woke up so 
I'm telling you this now because I wanted to text it to you. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> to share it with you. Cause I, cause I figured you'd think it was funny. Uh, but then I was like, it'll be a lot easier to explain this on, uh, on Puton. So everyone else can hear it and be bored by it. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I did, well, look, I did look it up on dreamchrist.com and unfortunately there's not, <laughs> they don't have an interpretation of this type of yeah. dream. Well, that's unfortunate. I think it's just, I think my interpretation is somehow neurologically, uh, the two times that like the two major mishaps we've had with the one time that I didn't rec- record it all. <laughs> and the, uh, then when we did the Nana episode and your computer crashed at like hour four. Yeah. Um, I think those two, uh, events have just like neurologically marked me. And then when my brain is sorting itself out, uh, it occasionally like runs over that, um, that that area of my memory, of your of your like buried psyche. Yeah, like that part of my hippocampus and whatever it, like, whatever stress regions it's activating in my brain. Um, it's like you know sorting through all of my memories, and it's like, oh yeah, yeah, we'll keep those. <laughs> those are those are good memories to keep. And then when it's like processing them, then my brain is like feeling the, you know, the stress. Um, this is my completely uneducated uh, idea of what happens when you, in your brain, when you have dreams. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, do you want to talk um, about something good? Like the. The chapter. Well, I, I just want to talk about how you're how you're wrong. It's not the U.S. military that made twenty four hour time. Oh, okay. Which um... so uh, from the fourteenth to the seventeenth century, twenty four hour time <laughs> was already in use in Italy. Um, it did start at a different point. So the twenty fourth hour was the last hour of daytime, not uh, midnight, like as we conceive of it now. Um, I, I, can, I absolutely cannot comprehend that. But continue. Yeah. The the part that's hard for me is that like the end is gonna shift. So I don't I don't know what that means. <laughs> you know you stated it so confidently and then <laughs> But no, but so so uh the this is like the you know, at this point, um I, I don't know exactly when the mechanical 24 hour clocks started, but the first mechanical public clocks were in Italy and they were 24 hour clocks. But the, the way that it corresponded was slightly different. Um, in the late 19th century, uh, there was the, the wait, 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 German wait, 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 adaptation wait. that was the midnight starting system. So that's when it started like midnight was 12 and it went, you know, or zero like that 12 or 24 zero. Right. You're just throwing numbers out at this point. So, so in the late 19th century, uh, Germany is like, you know, when it hits 24, it like rolls back around to zero and that's midnight. That's when we start doing midnight. That's the late 19th century. Okay. Um, in Ireland in 1876, uh, Sir Sanford Fleming, 
missed a, a train because the printed schedule listed PM instead of AM, but it was actually supposed to be AM. Uh, and so he proposed that they do a 24 hour clock for that. Um, it didn't get like broadly recognized by a lot of places, but uh, some railways started doing it. Uh, the first was the Canadian Pacific railway in 1886. Um, and then at the uh, International Meridian Conference, there was a proposal for a 24 hour clock. Uh, the, that the International what conference? Meridian Conference. Meridian? Yes. Okay. In 1884. Um, we get to like the more, like, probably what a lot of people think of as like widespread adoption of the, the 24 hour clock in a lot of nations. Um, there was a report. Um, that it was already widely used as like the national time in Italy in 1893. Um, France adopted it in 1912. Uh, the French army did start it in 1909. Uh, so I'll give you a little bit of military there, I guess. That's what World War um, I was about, right? Denmark was in 1916. Greece was in 1917. By 1920, Spain, Portugal, Belgium, and Switzerland had all switched. Um, and then Turkey was in 1925 and Germany was 1927. Um, now, some of this stuff was based around the World War One, when um, the British Royal Navy adopted the 24-hour clock in 1915. Uh, and so some of the stuff followed after that. Uh, however, you still said that it was the United States military as well that set this up. Right. The U.S. Correct. military... The U.S. military did not start doing the 24-hour clock until July 1st, 1942. Widely used in a large number. Like, it had already become, like, uh, common in just, like, standard usage. Right. So and, again, its origins predate the military. Military stuff did... Like during World War One, did drive adoption, but it was not the U.S. military at all. U.S. military didn't do it until 1942. Right, gotcha. So I just wanted to do that correction. Yeah, no, that's that's valuable. It's, it's the 24-hour clock in the U.S. People just call it military time because mil like the the military is one of the primary things that constantly uses 24-hour times in the U.S. Right. It's still just wild to think that, like, such a pointless war, you know, could have been avoided. Yeah. World War One, I, I mean. Yeah. They didn't really, like, one clock or another. We're all humans, you know? That's so true. <laughs> so, but, you know, that's just... uh that's history for you. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, um, do you want to talk about the chapter? Um, do we want to at least call out our favorite parts? Oh, this this chapter was very funny. I yeah. enjoyed this one a lot. I was gonna say as like a prefatory remark, this is yeah. I think one of the better chapters that we've had so far, and that's that's a high bar. But um, this chapter is is really excellent. So I'll let you um, I'll let you start and then I'll um, I'll chime in with my with my favorites. So so I think one of the things that stood out to me here, which is that we we've often had like a good um, some things like being set up in a panel and then you like turn the page or whatever and then the next panel like comically upends it. 
Uh, but there's like a very like immediate thing that's happening there. Um, and I feel like there's some stuff here where one, uh, some of it is very text-based where it's not even until you're reading the like text, you know, the, the dialogue balloon that you actually get the like comedic upending. Um, but the one that I, I thought was like very clever, this is probably my favorite part is, um, so the chapter starts with, uh, you know, th- this is about, uh, Takanochi, uh, Yutaka Takanochi, um, who, has sort of already been established this pattern of getting motion sick. Uh, it's like his one weakness. And, uh, the first page is like mostly just explaining that, that basic premise that we have. Um, it is a great intro, like illustration of him, like the pose and his expression as him, like introducing himself is great for Takanuchi. Yeah, and we we've got the like uh him sitting in a seat. Clearly there's like a seat in front of him with someone sitting in it. So you're looking at the image and you're like, "Oh, clearly it's like on a bus or something." You know, going on a trip. It's talking about like loving class trips and everything. Another class trip, yeah. So it's the like the part, same as the, the last Yeah. My yeah. favorite part of all of this is that the very first line is I motion or I mean Yutaka Takanochi, which is very like is like immediately when you start reading this putting into your head that Takanochi is like already kind of motion sick right mm-hmm. yeah uh, is already feeling motion sickness because we are like en route somewhere um and this is the part that I thought was really funny because once you get to the part where you turn the the page you go uh, but I never thought we were going to leave by plane. By the time I found out it was too late to do anything, I truly regret this oversight. And the trouble doesn't stop there either. Uh, and you do know that, like, the train's just sitting there. It says, like, sitting right about here. But you still are, like, are are we just seeing the train, like, or the, the, plane, the plane, uh like, waiting, but like almost as a flashback and now we're like flying through the air. Uh, and then it's still not until the, there's a bigger problem. We've been hijacked. Uh, all right, don't anyone move. And then we get like the final reveal, um, which I don't even think is in, I forget exactly when it is that like fully gets pointed out that the plane is not moving yet. Is it <laughs> at the bottom of this? Um, uh, that it's I think like it might be the currently next page, not moving. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, because they're discussing like the prospect of flying it somewhere in yeah. the next the page. Uh, yeah, the page after. Yeah, yeah, it's like ah, oh, well, this hijacking uh, thing isn't gonna work anyway. We won't take off, and this will be over with uh, without a lot of fuss. And then, like until that moment, it's like unclear that the plane is just sitting on the ground. <laughs> It's like still like that wasn't a flashback. It's just how long it lets me believe that like they are in motion and that that he is actively motion sick, Um, which then just makes all of the rest of it even funnier because it's like he's just fine throughout all of this and just wants to get off the plane and then talks himself into being stuck on the plane as it leaves. Yeah. Yeah. Through that like windy like mishap after mishap. Yeah. Uh, classic crow high like bit yeah but i i was then reflecting on it and i was like i think it is just the fact that it starts with i motion or i mean that like (laughs) puts into your head 
he's saying that because he's like motion sick and thus like discombobulated in his thinking for a moment and is saying I'm motion sick instead of I'm Yutaka Takanochi. Yeah, it's also playing with the like um the fourth wall a little bit in the way that like you know these intro we get these introductions in Crow High where it's like who are they addressing? Um because it's clearly addressing like someone who's not there or someone yeah. like, who doesn't make sense. Um, and so then for the first line to be like, I motion sit or uh, uh, I mean, you talk to Takanuchi. Um, it's also like playing with that by virtue of like, okay, yeah, there's like this, this intro that's like skirting the fourth wall. Um, yeah. And then it's like the thing that the viewer knows about Takanuchi, like, the thing that the viewer is like expecting the bit to be. And then like in his intro, he's like referencing the bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. The start of the chapter is really great. Uh, for me, I had there were three things I noticed and I'll see if I can remember all three. Um, the first one is the same section that you were talking about, uh, which is, the panel, so uh, page two, and then uh, the top row, left panel of Takanuchi's face, there's a bigger problem. Yeah. Um, this, like, illustration of Takanuchi, the expression is just, like, inexplicable. <laughs> yeah. I don't, like... There's something that's so, like, affecting about this expression and just puts me in the exact right, like, it like primes me for the humor of what's about to happen perfectly, but I also can't like characterize this expression at all. Yeah. It's so like bizarre. Um, so uh, I feel like sometimes his face can slightly have this quality, but this one in particular, have you seen the like memes where people will like Photoshop, uh, like, uh, manga, like serious face on top of like another character? I'm sh- I'm sure I have. Yeah. Is that what this is uh reminding you of? Um Yeah. It just has that like quality of like it it almost feels uh not like it feels like it's like slightly at odds with the head that it's sitting on. <laughs> yeah, it feels like you the know? face came from a smaller head. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it really does. Um, but we get like this expression and then, so, you know, you've been, you've talked about how it like, it's setting up this bit that like Crow High has already done a couple times with talking to cheese and motion sickness. But the thing about this chapter is like, it's such an absurd escalation because now it's like a plane hijacking. Um, and then, like, that in of itself is obviously, like, it, extremely funny. Um, but with it, yeah. like, that revelation is primed by, like, this close-up of his face with this expression. And then it's just, like, oh, the plane's being hijacked. And that's, like, the reveal. Uh, I I just, I love that part. Yeah. Um, and then the other... Uh, the other thing I, I did for I did forget the second thing. 
So I'm moving on to the last one. Um, the final page. Uh, the pacing of this chapter is like a little... I think it's steady. It's not slow, but it's like... Um, it's not fast either. You know, it, it kind of like... There's a lot of dialogue. Um, and it's taking time for like... The the, sen- the sense of time is like... Um, it's certainly not moving by like bang, bang, bang really fast. Uh, and then right at the end of the chapter, we get these, uh, these four panels where it's like, um, so they make the demand for like the, um, 20 billion yen and to be flown to America. Uh, yeah. and this is one of those like page turner moments that you, that you were talking about where you turn the page and it's like, the expectation is that the demand is so ridiculous that they're never going. That's you, uh, Takenuchi's intention. Yeah. And then it's just like summarily accepted. Uh, and so that's like a very sudden, uh, like jarring twist that the demand is accepted. Uh, and then you just like, so you get that, like, uh, they're, they're kind of like longer, um, they're taking up the full page horizontally, these panels. So there's more space. Um, so you get the two hijackers who are like a little bit smaller on the right side. Um, and like on the phone being like, Oh, they said they'll do it. Uh, so I think the fact that they're like smaller, it kind of emphasizes the, like, um, the suddenness and the like, uh, like matter of factness that this kind of unbelievable uh, turn is uh, present is like introduced with. Yeah. And then you get Takanuchi like looming on the left. You just get like sweat pouring off of him <laughs> looming and just like screaming. <laughs> and then like immediately you just like snap to the next panel down the planes in the air. Uh, yeah. And like that, uh, that like escalation between the turn of the page and then the first panel to the next panel, um, how things just like immediately spiral into the worst outcome. And all you see is just like this one, like brief glimpse of Takanuchi just like screaming. It's like a flash. And then <laughs> the yeah. plane's like in the air. Um, I also, I, yeah, that was, that was the other thing I really loved about this, uh, chapter. Oh, uh, yeah. I, re- I remember the second thing. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> um, so the the second one, let me count the pages here. Um, now the third one. You know, yeah, it's now the third one, according to Military Time. Um, this page for uh, the very bottom of the page, uh, or bottom left panel. Uh, so this is where, like, the, the situation is kind of starting to turn, and Takanuchi's, like, taking control of the hijacking uh, inadvertently. And he's like ordering everyone off the plane. Um, And just like the sudden interjection of Hayashida into this, when there's really no other, like no, none of the other main characters like speak or are featured in this chapter. Yeah. And then we just get the sudden like interjection of Hayashida just being like, huh? But what about our trip? (laughs) And Takanuchi just being like, 
get off now or I'll kill you. <laughs> yeah, there's no, like, that one other time that we see uh, other Cromarty High School students, it's just, like, the the four-person lineup of, of toughs of just, like, anime bastards. Yeah. Um, where they're, like, uh, I thought this was just going to be kids on a school trip, but these guys look more like Yakuza. Um, <laughs> but yeah, none of those are main characters. Those are just, uh, you know, the anime bastard lineup that we get sometimes in Cromartie High School. Yeah. And then we just get like this one panel cameo from Hayashida, like A, just being a complete <laughs> doofus, like like Hayashida is. Yeah. Uh, but then also like just dropping in like just enough to like make Takanuchi's life a little bit harder, like more and uh, more complicated, <laughs> like in this yeah. brief one moment, um, um, classic Hayashida. Also the, the immediate next panel of they've released almost all the hostages uh, <laughs> is just cause you almost like get taken in about like whatever weird logic is happening here. Um, or like lose sight of the fact yeah. that it's like a hostage situation. Yeah, because they're all just like nervous about flying and like wants to talk someplace more quiet. Um, and then it's just immediately like <laughs> the news coverage of a hostage situation <laughs> reasserts itself. <laughs> Reacting to like the miraculous like events that, that Takanuchi is. of hostages. Yeah. Yeah. Takanuchi like moving from like hostage to like hostage negotiator to like the leader of the hijackers in the court yeah. and then hostage again uh in the course of the uh chapter is just amazing um by the way i sent you some images in the pujan chat oh you did i didn't see him i'm glad we have enough time to look <laughs> <laughs> I okay. got it. Yeah. Why yeah, is the timer is... so quiet today? You chose the silent one, right? No, it's playing. <laughs> I love the you, one of the do one. Do you hear of... it? It's so quiet. I still can't hear it. I can't hear it at all. Um, I love the one of of Goku here. Although the more I look at all these, the more the more I appreciate them. Thank you for joining us today. Next time we'll be reading chapter 34 from volume two. You can find this full schedule at x4odd.io slash schedule. Uh, if you have questions for us, send them to ghostdiverspod at gmail.com. You can get early access episodes of this podcast from any others by becoming a $1 patron of the network at x4odd.io and listen a week before the public feeds or for $5 to get exclusive access to Bob Down Funk, a weekly podcast for Ottoman or a roll around a Funko Bop and after watch something from that media franchise, $5 also gets you exclusive monthly bonus episodes of coffee and comic books. If you like this podcast, please tell a friend. Uh, they can find the free feed at exportaudio slash Bhutan or by searching Bounder and Bhutan on the podcast of both choice. If you like listening to us talk, we do a lot more of that over at Ghost Divers, which you can find at exportaudio slash Ghost Divers by searching for Ghost Divers in your podcast of both choice. You can find the show at Ponder Bhutan or just uh, on Twitter or just at Bhutan on co-host. You can find me at Fox Omnia on Twitter and co-host. You can check my pinned tweet or pinned shows to find all of my other podcasts or just Fox Omnia or other places. Just look for me. Where can people find you? Y'all can find me. Y'all can find me at Rabelais on Twitter and co-host. And our opening theme is Nanga Nantebe Yoshida Takaro. And taking us out today is uh, Sky High by what's the band again? Uh, Jigsaw. Jigsaw. Class dismissed. Class dismissed.
save you all. 